out there, thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Coda Country Chats. Today with me in studio, we have Jesse Wilson. How are you today, Jesse? Hey, Jessie? everybody. I am great. <laughs> Just kind of waking up a little late today. <laughs> <laughs> and that is okay. I don't know about the weather for you in Nashville, but the weather down here is like very rainy and very cold and gross, but <laughs> hopefully it's a little little nicer up there where you yeah, are. Yeah, it's, it's pretty today, but it's between hot and cold. It can't quite make its mind up in Tennessee. I'm sure it's like that in Georgia. <laughs> Definitely. Oh my gosh. Well, uh, listeners out there, if you don't know much about Jessie Wilson, she and I have a, a common, I'll say like a, a common draw to one another. I found out through uh, social media posts and, and different things like that, that Jessie used to be a teacher. Um, tell me a little bit about um, how you started your teaching career and then what brought you to singing country music full time. Yeah, so um, right when I graduated high school, as we all are at 18, I did not know what I wanted to do. Well, um, I was like, well, I do want to go to Nashville. Kind of want to, I do want to do the music thing. And my mom was like, well, I would feel better if you get a degree first, just because we didn't really have a lot of money. So it wasn't like she could pick me up if I fell flat on my face. Not that we thought that would happen, but you know, it's nice to have some kind of comfort pillow to fall back on. Yeah. So I started teaching. I graduated with an early childhood degree. I taught kindergarten one year and first grade for four years. So total of five. Um, mm -hmm. Some people are like, what made you stay so long? I was in like a long relationship at the time. And so mm -hmm. I, I was waiting on a ring that never came. And I thank God for that. <laughs> Anyways, um, uh -huh. I have no secrets also. So Stayed I, in a, yeah. I taught in Columbus, Georgia, actually, and finally, after five years, I mean, I, I would play around Alabama and Georgia, but um, I wanted to be in Nashville so bad, I just didn't quite know how to do it. I didn't really know anybody here. It seemed scary to move five and a half hours away from everything I'd known my whole life, so just finally one morning, what I say was the voice of God was just like, you need to go do it, and so I went to school and talked to my principal, and she said, baby, go do it now or never. You can always come back to the school, you know, but you can't always go chase your dreams. So here I wow. am. I've been here four years now since uh, 2019. So it's been a crazy, crazy adventure, but I wouldn't <laughs> trade it for the world to wake up and do what you love. I did love teaching, but I've always known this was my calling, you know, more so than teaching. And I was a great teacher, but a lot of people are always confused about that. But it was just kind of a <laughs> path I took in my 20s, and I'm thankful that I did it. I know what you mean, though. It's it's kind of like one of those things, country music is just like inbred, you know, like you, you love it and you want to be a part of it all your life. And um, so I'm so glad that you told me that just because I, you know, we've talked, I'm also a teacher. The listeners probably know that I'm a teacher too. Um, and so taking that leap, um, it's amazing that you had a principal that was just like, please go do it. That's, I mean, so what, okay. You said 2019. And then around that time, we had the big pandemic and all this kind of stuff. Tell me how that was, that big transition. Oh, Lord. I mean, you waited your whole <laughs> life to come to Nashville, and then you come here for seven months, and the whole world shuts down. And meanwhile, I'm trying to – I moved here without a plan because I was such a planner, and I just couldn't figure out quite a plan to move here. And one of my – I knew one musician friend, Charlie Argo's his name, and he just kind of told me you need to jump, showed me this Steve Harvey, Harvey – uh, episode where that was the title of it anyway it's really motivational if anybody is needing that little extra push so um awesome. finally moved here and I started I worked at a crappy daycare and then I worked at serving tables for two different restaurants but um I was working at a restaurant when the pandemic came 
And I mean, it was terrible. I remember I was broke. I didn't get any assistance at first. It was, I just moved states. It was a whole thing to try and get that anyways. Um, and then a few weeks after that, the, uh, my dad passed away unexpectedly. So my first year here was, I don't know how I'm not in the gray from it, but I guess it must be the Lord's strength. So my dad passed and then few weeks later, the guy I brought here, the long relationship broke up with me. So I was just a oh. sad puppy dog. Yeah. I was oh in a God. new, in a new town. I know it sounds dreadful, but I, I, I just like, it's a part of my story that I really can't, um, yes. you know, fight it. It is what it is. And Please, it made me who yeah. I am. But wow. that first year was like fighting off depression and anxiety and trying to do music and trying to find my way while also feeling sad and then happy because I finally chased my dream. So it was like a a collide of both emotions very strongly at the same time. It was very weird kind of a year, I'm sure for everybody, but it was very weird year for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, and just for yeah. you to, to come through all that. And I mean, your music career is booming. I don't know if you know it, but I, I just feel like I see your face everywhere and, and, and I hear all these amazing songs and I, I feel like, like you said, it was kind of a God thing. Things just kind of fall into place, even though, you know, you have to go through a lot of obstacles to get there, and wow. Um, you know, one of the songs that I want to talk about on your EP, and we'll come back because there's like a ton of songs that I want to talk about with you. Yeah. Um, but one of the ones that really got to me um, was the one about your mom, because you also talk about, you know, how your mom is, is such a superhero. Yeah, that's what mamas are for. Tell me yeah. all about that. Well, my mom was one of the kids when she was little, like, I mean, probably six or seven. The teacher's like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And she's like, I want to be a mama. That's always what she wanted to be. And there's some women that are like that. Some women that aren't just happen to become a mom. And anyways, everybody's journey to being a mom is different. But she's the one that's always wanted to be that. So, yeah, she raised me and my sister pretty much by herself. She was just a superhero. My dad and her divorced when I was young, probably like three or four. And then she uh, got married to my stepdad a year or two after that. But even though my stepdad was great in our life, it's always just been my mom, me and my sister. It felt like, you know, just a little tight, tight clan. So, um, yeah, we've always just been super duper close. I have kind of a small family. And, um, when that song came to be in 2021, I was on the phone, my mom, and I didn't even tell you after a year after my dad passed, my stepdad passes from cancer. So it just gets, you know, just harder and harder over here in Nashville. But, uh, um, but, Anyways, it's all good. I hate to really talk about it because I'm not a person that plays the victim, you know, but I'm like trying to accept it as part of my story. And there are people out there that feel the same way too, you know, they just don't know that other people feel like them. So anyway, I was on the phone with my mother and my stepdad had been diagnosed with um, stage four colon cancer for a few months and just kind of saw his life drastically change if, because he went through chemo. And if, if, if you've ever had anybody, you know, go through cancer and chemo, it's just incredibly heartbreaking journey but I was on the phone with her and uh, I remember like crying and pulled over in Nashville just having a crappy day and just crying Mm because I talked to her like three times a day she's like my doctor Phil if you will um but (laughs) anyway so I was (laughs) talking to her and I remember feeling so selfish because I hadn't asked about her or my stepdad and I remember saying mom I'm so sorry I'm selfish she was like baby that's what mamas are for you ain't gotta feel bad I'm handling him with him I'm with you and you know makes me want to cry I'm not gonna do it though on this podcast yeah. um but I'm tearing up it's I know yeah I feel like me and you could just go on a little crying journey and I'm not gonna do it yes so I girl <laughs> uh-uh, I cannot oh, oh my it's god okay. so I yes know. we're gonna bring it back in a second yes bring it back really... so my mama <laughs> yeah. is amazing and actually mm-hmm. we 
lost my stepdad that year in 2021, December 19th, right before Christmas. And we didn't have the song done. We just had a demo done of that song. And so I gave that song in a picture frame to my mom for Christmas, which even makes it more sad. <laughs> but she loves that song. It's kind of <laughs> so very special to her and very special to me. <laughs> That's right. Woo. Wow. Um, first time for me getting emotional on a podcast. Thanks. Thank you. No, no, no. I really am Sorry. very appreciative of you being so vulnerable and, and telling me all of that because, you know, I know it's got to be hard to think about and hard to talk about, especially, you know, with, with the listeners tuning in. Um, I just, thank you for, for kind of sharing that story and, and being open to talk about it. Cause you know, there's, I'm sure there's a lot of, of artists just like you who experience loss and experience heartache. And, and that's kind of how you heal is, is bringing it to the studio and bringing it to live performances and just, and, and I think that's why your fans get so attached to you is because they love to hear the emotion that you bring to your music. So that's one of the reasons why I'm drawn to you. Yeah. I, I absolutely have loved everything I've heard from you so far. Thank you. Um, yeah. And we, we just talked a little bit about the EP that that song was from. How about we find out? Um, I love it. I feel like I have been in love with your voice for so long. Um, and so now it's, <laughs> it's great to like be yeah. able to talk to you about all these awesome songs. And one of those I want to talk about is actually not on the, not on the EP that you released. Um, but it's the one that you've released most recently um, back on November 2nd with Caleb Lee Hutchinson, um, Airstream Dreams. Oh, my gosh. This has got to be one of my favorite songs, not just of yours, but maybe one of my favorites that I've heard all year. Wow. Um, so I would love to hear more about the writing process with Caleb Lee and just everything that that has to do with that song because it's yeah. amazing. It's yeah. so great. So crazy I remember being in Phoenix City um still home teaching and I think that was the last season of American Idol that I ever watched and it was in 2018 mm -hmm. and he was the runner-up <laughs> I remember just listening to him like oh my gosh he's so talented he just he's got the whole package this kid is going to be just somebody someday and I could see that early on from the show and then lo and behold here I am five years later from that time and I'm in Nashville and I'm singing at a writer's round original music here at a bar called Live Oak in April. And Caleb was there and approached me and said he really loved my vibe, my style, and would love to work together. And um, so he said he was going to Texas two weeks from this conversation we had. And I was like, well, do you have any time to write? I would love to write. He's like, yeah. So we got together the first time and wrote a song that he released on his record called Quarter Life Crisis, which is cool for me because I've yeah. never had a songwriter cut yet. And I've written like 300 songs. So finally awesome. someone felt like it was important enough to put it out in the world. So that was cool. And then the next time we got together, we wrote um, Airstream Dreams. We went to Virginia and did a show and we were driving back. And I remember seeing Airstream and just thinking about this just crazy music, hippie life, of just simplicity and love and happiness and music and how it's kind of different for everybody. Because for some people, that is not happiness, you know. They don't want the simple life. They might want a lot of money and just a stable life with kids and a family or whatever it might be. Yeah. So we just kind of started writing mm -hmm. about the idea of happiness and kind of like a different way of happiness, I guess. Yeah. I know, and I, I love that. But can I just say the, the vocal quality of you two and your blend together, I don't know if you kind of – had that in mind whenever you were writing together, like how you would sound together, but it's just magical. I don't have another word for it. It's, it's simply just 
like you you mesh together so well as two different very separate artists because I you know um I don't know like he he was talking about your your vibe and your style and and in a way like I I put him in a separate category from you just because I, I feel like I don't know Caleb Lee to me is a little more like honky-tonk mm-hmm. I, but at the same time like the you both together bring a very different vibe that's yeah. just something that I've never heard before and, yeah. and I love it yeah so thank you yeah um, I could tell like, me about yeah. sorry I was gonna say I yeah, could tell like, our voices blended just really well we were just you know we were hanging out just singing other songs and me singing quarter life crisis when I wrote it with him just in the room of like how our voices sound together I'm like wow you know and then we sang for some friends people that knew us and just like hanging around and hangouts and everybody's like y'all really sound good together so we were kind of like oh maybe we should you know put out a song together so I'm glad it's, it's doing very good it's, it's doing more than any other songs done for me so quick so like I think on Spotify it's at 4,000 streams already which is impressive because I my song leaving salt stuff to do only has like 2,000 so it's already surpassed something that was released in March one song you know so yeah. Anyways, it's been really cool to see that. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. And I just, um, oh gosh, I had a thought and it left me. I'll come back to it. Sorry. Um, so, <laughs> no, 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 no. It's, it's my fault. I'm very like scatterbrained because I just am so excited to talk well, about this. It's probably a te- um, teacher thing too. We are very scatterbrained. I think, <laughs> I think so. Oh my gosh. Well, tell me about the, uh, the recording process of that too. Um, tell me about like, how long it took to record the song, um, you know, what the process was like, who who helped produce it, that kind of thing. Yeah, so um, David Dorn produced it, and um, this was so much easier than any of the songs that were on my EP. There's just the whole thing about this felt so easy. I wasn't, which that first project was my first real recording studio with A-list players, and it set the vibe. It's kind of, I mean, I knew David Dorn, my producer, but then he has all these buddies on instruments that he felt like were a good fit for me, so... I didn't know the band during my project and you just kind of walk in you're like hey and they listen to the song one time and they're such pros they go in the room and record it and it's exactly what you want so I was just a little on the edge of my seat because that was my first experience so maybe this being my second time was kind of like all right breathe you understand how it's going to go now (laughs) but this is also very much more acoustic which I'm still kind of finding my sound I think every artist is I mean you constantly grow and change but especially on my first few releases I'm kind of just throwing stuff out there and seeing what sticks like it all I like it all but it's like I really vibe with Airstream Dreams because it's very just singer songwritery low low chill just like you know turn it on in the car and relax kind of a Mm -hmm. vibe and it's been me and my guitar since I was 15 so I like the high production stuff but I think the more I do this the more I'm like I kind of really like the stripped down stuff like the Marfa takes by Miranda Lambert I don't know if you've heard that album but it's like around the campfire where you hear the sounds of nature and like the guitar really just stripped down stuff. So it was super easy. I mean, I think it took us an hour or two and we were, we were done with it. So that was pretty quick. Whoa. Oh, that's so cool to yeah. hear though. No, cause yeah. It, uh, wistful was the, the word that kind of came from, to mind whenever I first heard it, just something that's like you said, easy. And I think that ease of, of recording and ease of writing, it really just translates well into the recording itself yeah that's awesome wow i'm oh i'm so glad i got to talk about that um so you talked a little bit about how you were a teacher in columbus close to phoenix city tell me a little bit more about um your your background and like your musical influences when you were growing up and and starting 
to sing when you were 15? Yeah. So I kind of started, my parents went to like a bar restaurant, swimming club place and all things. So that's where we went every summer. My mom, you know, it's like easy daycare. We can be in the pool. She could probably have a few beers with her <laughs> friends. Like we can eat some food there. <laughs> I mean, you know, whatever we are from Alabama. So that's what we like to do. But um, <laughs> anyway, so they had a karaoke, like, I guess some nights of the week. I just remember singing karaoke there when I was like four or five, six, like very young. And just remember loving it. I mean, I was probably nothing anybody wanted to listen to. I was probably just a cute little girl singing, but everybody gave me attention. So I was like, I really like this. And so I kind of started it then. And then um, I really picked it up in high school, but I'll go back to my musical influences in the middle. Like my mom's always loved all kinds of music. She really likes the Motown vibe of music, like the Temptations and et cetera, et cetera. I remember yep. we used to listen to Cher mm -hmm. and she liked Stevie Nicks, but she also liked nineties country, like the Dixie Chicks and Trisha Yearwood. So it was kind of a mixture with her all over the place, which probably is where I'm at. I feel like I'm kind of a unique vibe of a couple of different things. And then my dad was definitely outlaw music. He loved Hank, Will Hank Williams and Merle and Willie and all those, uh, Waylon and all those kinds of guys and Alan Jackson too, Tim McGraw, the nineties and 90s guys as well so um that's what definitely what he raised me on so like I said I feel like I got a little bit of it all and, and I've always listened to a lot of different things and um I think that has helped influence my sound a little bit but when I was in high school I picked the guitar back up and kind of decided when I was like I can't remember 15 or 16 just like I want to do this and I got saved at church and led worship and started playing in coffee shops from there played in bars, but you know what it's like to be a teacher. So I couldn't really tell anybody I was playing in bars because <laughs> I would get judged. Right, so exactly. like, it was just a whole journey <laughs> to get to Nashville, but finally I made it. Awesome. I recently yeah. saw something on your social media that you played a show um, out in Colorado. Is that right? Yeah. Caleb Lee maybe? Yep. Yeah. Um, and then tell me, do you have any other shows coming up? And I know you're playing in Nashville a mm -hmm. lot these next couple of weeks which this episode's probably going to release like in December. So if anybody's listening, you're probably going to miss all these, but <laughs> <laughs> um, do you have any other shows that you would like to talk about that are coming up in the near future? Not really any for next year yet. I'm looking, I'm booking right now. I'm getting a um, email list together and trying to get out more on the road. I've been primarily playing on Broadway and Nashville for probably two and a half, three years now. And I'm very thankful for it. I love it. Awesome. And I've gotten to meet so many people from, all kinds of different states. I mean, when I was in Colorado, I'd never been to Castle Rock and I knew five groups of people that were like, I just saw you in Nashville. I can't believe you're here. Like that. I don't think they knew I was playing or maybe some of them did, but wow. it was crazy. So anyways, you can make a great living here doing that. And I've kind of primarily been on Broadway. I've done some out of town stuff once or twice a month here and there throughout the past mm -hmm. few years. But I really know that I need to get out there and meet, um, meet everybody that's loving my music and so I'm trying to honestly finagle that transition of what I'm used to and here in town even though I'm getting everybody from other towns to go into their town and trying to make enough money to where I can you know I mean be sustainable and so I'm just I'm trying to work that out yeah. right now and I'm in conversations with people out of town and so hopefully I'll be releasing uh, you know a schedule that I'll be out of town very soon and probably at the end of December, I should be letting everybody know where I'll be next year, at least for the first half of the year. So, yeah, I'm glad that you said that just because like, I, I know of some venues around. And so I may just drop some names and be like, you need to book. Well, please do, please. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. 
Well, and then I wanted to talk about um, one of the times you were playing Jason Aldean and you had Megan Maroney come on stage with you. Tell me about that experience. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was so cool. So I've been playing Broadway forever. And to my knowledge, I'm sure there have been some famous people in there, but I wouldn't want to know because it would make me nervous. But for instance, on this this one day, Monday, we walked in Jason Aldean's two to six to play. And we, I was at the bar getting some waters and my drummer was with me and I looked in the VIP section and I was like, I saw a hat that said, I love Meg Maroney. And then a blonde girl wearing the hat. And I was like, Joey, I think that's Meg Maroney. And I was like, he was like, wow, it is. It's like her and her friends, I think. And I'm like, what is going on? So I'm like, oh God, it's going to be a long four hours. Like I was excited, but I don't get nervous really, but I was yeah. nervous. All her radio team, her record label was with her because that was the week her song, Tennessee Orange, went number one. So I was like, what do we do, guys, if somebody requests a song? And my band was like, I guess we do it. You know, I guess just like any other show, I'm like, I guess it's time to put on my big girl panties, (laughs) I reckon. So we're like setting up. Sure enough, this little girl spots her. And I'm like, here we go, boys. We didn't even started the first song. And little girl comes up with the 20. She's like, can you do Tennessee Orange? I'm like... (laughs) yes I'm like oh god we're like right out of the gate one of the first few songs and then we played it the first time and she ran up to the front with her best friends and took a video of it and she posted that on her TikTok it has like a million views very cool and then she tagged me in it so I got a a lot of new followers on TikTok from that and then we winded up singing it again um her one of her friends asked could they come up and do a toast to say congratulations I was like oh yeah girl y'all come on up so they came to the stage and Gave her a little toast, and everybody was like, sing, sing. So she got up there and sang with us, and I played guitar, and I was so thankful I knew how to play yes. the song because, honestly, if it was Jason Aldean, Jason Aldean was like, hit it. I'd be like, I don't, oh, no. I don't know it as much as Meg Maroney. Yeah, so anyways, we got to sing it together, and then I posted that video. So if anybody wants to see that, that's on my Instagram, my TikTok, Jesse Wilson Music. But it was really cool. Um, she took a picture, and she said, Thank you, Jesse. You know, like she acknowledged me and she didn't have to tag me in her, her video. That was very nice of her. Like I was just the caption of it. And then within the video, it said, um, first time hearing my song on Broadway. Aww. And so that uh, was like big deal for her. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is so neat, though. I mean, it, it's kind of like a full circle moment almost because it's like I'm sure when the time comes and, and somebody's out playing your songs on, on Broadway, maybe it'll come oh, back gosh, to you and, yeah. and, and you know, you can think about this yeah. time and just take it all yeah. in, you know? <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, listen, um, you, before we started the uh, episode, you talked a little bit about getting back in the studio and releasing new music. So talk to me about your uh, your upcoming Yeah. Single. So I have a song that I've just really loved lately. It's called Outlaw, and I wrote it with Jackson Nance and John Craft a couple months ago. And us songwriters and artists, we kind of like try out songs at shows so I've been playing it on Broadway shows been playing it at writers rounds and everyone just kind of really loves it I loved it already but then seeing other people's reactions and they're like you know this is amazing this is one of your best songs so um I'm very excited I'll be releasing that one we're looking at January maybe early February but I'll be getting in the studio December 6th to work on that and um yeah I think we're gonna have two different versions of that song which will be pretty cool I'm kind of going to do the uh the single release thing a lot of people ask me like do I have plans for a whole album like not yet not where I'm at right now realistically I mean I just released EP and I'm just going to release songs that I love until I think I get enough momentum and 
honestly enough funding for it because even those five songs were incredibly expensive. I had no idea how much it cost for something like that. So I just feel like right now I need to release singles and really just get out on the road and meet people with the songs I already have out there and be in my focus. That's right. That's right. Well, I can't yeah. wait to hear your new stuff because I feel like I've, I'm burning out all your stuff that's already been released. Um, Thank me, you. Yeah, of course. Um, before we hop off today, uh, is there anything else that you would like to talk about or give a, like maybe give a shout out to somebody or anything like that? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe Caleb. I'm glad that he was on that song with me. So he just released his debut record. If everybody likes his uh, sound on my song, he released... I believe it was 12 songs, so check out Caleb Lee Hutchinson, and um, I'm just excited to be working on scheduling, like I said, and that'll be a really big announcement for me to tell people where I'll be next year and all that, so I'm just kind of writing right now, recording, and just planning. It's a lot of, it's like, you know, your own small business, so every day I'm on my computer, and every day I'm having to do social media, and website, and booking, and it's crap. I think it's a lot more than anybody knows. And I'm grateful for it. And I'm not complaining, but it's like super time consuming to be successful yeah. because it takes everything in you and all of your time. If you really want to get to where you want to be. And yeah. I do. So I'm just praying for the right place, right time, right people that believe in me. Cause I'm super ready for a team behind me. I've been doing this by myself since I was pretty much 15 years old. So I'm just waiting for the right folks and I've kind of done it. I feel like a decent job on my own so far. So I don't want to jump to just, you know, anybody or any record label. I'm kind of really picky and kind of have a vision for myself. So hopefully, like I said, when it's the right time, I don't want to do this forever by myself. So absolutely. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's, it's good to know though, because I feel like you're, especially with the catalog of music that you've already released and the amount of times that you've, you've, played out in public I feel like the momentum is growing and I see it and I, yeah. I know you probably see it too I haven't had a chance to shout out your social media because I know I've talked a lot about it if you would share with the listeners how we can find you um maybe your handle and everything like that yeah so my handle on um, Instagram and TikTok is Jesse Wilton Music um it's also my Facebook uh, page, and I, I am on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, just under my name, Jesse Wilson. So um, please go follow me and uh, share my music and sleep with it on repeat. Like, people don't know that, too. Mm-hmm. It's like they think streams, I think, give us more money than it does. It's like thousands and thousands of streams might be $100 in your pocket. I mean, mm-hmm. it's crazy. So it's like, I know it's not a bit about the money, but you don't get back even half of what you spend on them. And that's all right. You're definitely not in it for the money in these days of streaming, for sure. You're just in it because you love it. But I always tell people, my mom's been sleeping with it on repeat. I'm sure she's responsible for the 4,000 streams I've gotten. And you, maybe, <laughs> maybe you're one of those. Me, so, definitely, yes, definitely big you fan. and my mom. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, like I said, big fan of what you do. I'm so thankful that you came on this episode today. Listeners out there, if you haven't checked out Jessie Wilson, please make sure you do because she is just a joy. If you haven't heard from this episode, she is incredible to talk to. This amazing story. I'm so happy that I got to share it and hear more about you. Um, thanks so much for being on Yeah, today, thank Jessie. you for having me. You're amazing. I feel like we'll be best friends. Hopefully I get to meet you and I know, person I one day thinking, and hang yeah, out. Like if I'm, I'm <laughs> so much alike. Thank you for I know, having me I feel and like sharing we'll my to, story. 
We'll have to have a coffee date or something the next time I'm in Nashville, for sure. Yeah. All right, listeners out there, thanks so much for tuning in and hearing more about Jesse Wilson on this episode of Coda Country Chats. Have a good day. Thank you, guys.